we starting? Yeah, hi. Oh, is that <laughs> Okay. Okay. We're starting. Okay. Good morning. Good morning. How are you? Fine. Although I'm not happy that it snowed. Yeah. Mm. I know. It was uh, spring, and now it's winter. Winter. Again. Yeah. Freezing. It's the death of me. Okay. <laughs> uh, welcome. Uh, today, we have a special guest. We do. Her name is Janine Cyrus. Do you know Janine? I do. How, I, how do you know I Janine? have had the <laughs> honor to to work with Janine at her school, Oakwood School, out in Virginia. And, and we'll have a little opportunity to have Janine talk about her wonderful school. But, um, yeah, so I've known Janine for a, a few years, I think. Um, yeah, five years, I think, now. Five? Mm-hmm. Wow, I can't believe it's been that long, and and so I've been out to, out to their school and and seen um, seen the kids in action and the teachers in action, and they do a phenomenal job. And we'll talk about Oakwood School in a little bit, but yeah. yeah. And, and I have met Janine before. Yeah, uh, our very first podcast ever. Oh yes, during the That's pandemic. Right. That's right. And my husband was in that one yeah. as well. And uh, it was actually a lot of fun. It was fun. And Janine, you were so patient with us <laughs> for our very first one. And, you know, we were working out all the kinks. Yes. Um, I enjoyed it. I appreciated it. We had a lot of fun. I will I will give, tell a little story about Janine, though. I, okay. I had known Janine for a little while, and, and I went back out to their school, and um, Janine had to meet me at the school to open a door for me. And she pulled up. On her Harley, Vroom, <laughs> with leather lady. pants on. I thought this she was true. the coolest, coolest woman I ever met. Uh, she is That's cool. Awesome. Yes. Yeah, so, so I could never pull that don't, off. Don't let that sweet voice fool you. I know, <laughs> right? That's awesome. It was awesome. <laughs> um, so, Janine, I'm gonna um, give a little background about you. Okay. Introducing Janine Cyrus. Yeah. So uh, Janine has 20 years of experience in the field of special education. She fo- uh, her focus has been on learning disabilities and dyslexia um, and some of the positions that she's had in the past are um, a classroom special education teacher, learning specialist, language arts coordinator at Oakwood where she's currently at, and most recently, the Director of Outreach and Literacy at Oakwood School. So we're so excited to have you. Welcome again. Thank you. Um, so uh, Janine, what made you, you know, start on this path, this career? Yeah, that, my the reason was because of my personal experience with my son, um, and my son was diagnosed with dyslexia and ADHD, um, and he attended public school, and um, I watched firsthand how the shift in, you know, educational philosophies impacted his reading acquisition and the struggles that he experienced over the years, so that you know, put a fire under me to mm-hmm. learn more about uh, dyslexia, learn about the different strategies that are effective and necessary for teaching students to read. Um, and that led into, you know, broadening my career path because I saw what it was like to have a child at home who was struggling. Mm-hmm. So it's become a passion. 
Yeah, so not only an advocate for your son, but all kids now. Yes, <laughs> for sure. And that kind of leads us into um, our discussion today. Um, there is an act called the 21st Century Dyslexia Act um, that's in the works. And um, I'm just going to give a little background about that. And then Janine is going to share some of her experience with, with um, around that act. So um, the 21st Century Dyslexia Act um, came about because dyslexia is currently included as a disability under specific learning disabilities, that's SLD, um, category in the Individuals with Disabilities Education Act, which is IDEA. And if you're in schools, um, that's something in special ed, that's something that everybody's very familiar with. And so, it usually falls under like speech and language. That's y- what that yes. falls under. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. not, it doesn't have its own category uh-uh. at this point. So right. dis- although, even though dyslexia is the most prevalent disability that falls under the SLD, but students are rarely diagnosed with dyslexia. Mm -hmm. So that's the problem. Um, Not being diagnosed prevents kids from getting services that they need specifically for that disability. And we know, we've mentioned this before on on this podcast, that one in five people have dyslexia. Um, 11 million children in our country have dyslexia. Mm -hmm. 11 million children. Um, This act, this 21st century Dyslexia Act um, will allow students to be identified by their schools as having dyslexia, which will allow schools to provide evidence-based interventions to kids with dyslexia. So it's very specific intervention. Mm-hmm. At this point, um, you know, that doesn't always happen. Mm-hmm. And, so, and so that's a big problem when we're talking about 11 million kids in school. Yeah. And so um, Janine was... Um, was privileged enough to be invited to um, a dyslexia roundtable or panel, um, which was um, sponsored by, um, and, and we'll let her talk about it, some sen- senators. Um, and Congressmen and senators vote. Mm-hmm. Yes. And so um, this was called, it was, it was entitled, Ensuring Every Young American Can Reach Their Dreams. Um, and so Denise was able to be there with not a whole lot of people. But you were able to experience, um, uh, be in the audience for, and and be up close and personal with some people who are very influential in in the field of education. And so, um, so Denise, do you want to just kind of talk about um, Denise? <laughs> Cut, Janine. Janine. I know your name. I know your name is Janine. I know. You combine <laughs> dyslexia and Janine together. And said Denise. I did. Um, I'm going to do a, a coffee drinking game. When you call me Denise, I'm going to take some coffee. Oh, good. Actually, that this was a good place to kind of break because I really want to say um, that this bill, this 21st Century Dyslexia Act, is actually um, labeled as dead. And can you explain why that is, Janine? Yes. I'm looking for my notes. <laughs> Okay, so this act was introduced by the 117th Congress, um, and we're currently in the 118th Congressional session. So when that Congress session ended, because the bill didn't go any further, Mm -hmm. it's labeled as dead. So I feel very confident that Senator Cassidy is going to be reintroducing this Dyslexia Act. He's a 
huge, strong proponent for um, dyslexia um, research and education. All that being said, um, it needs to get reintroduced to this Congress. And I would, you know, put put a challenge or charge out to everybody who's listening to contact your local representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and maybe later on, I can even give you the names of the people who sponsored and co-sponsored this act. Maybe right. send them an email to let them know about your um, desire to see this move forward and get this going. Absolutely. That's a great idea. We can include that in the notes yes, um, for sure. of the podcast so that people you know, can contact them and have that information. So, yeah. so Janine, this panel that you, that you participated in, um, was it specifically around this act? Was it, was it because yep. of the act that the, they, they called together the people? So, so first of all, before you, um, get into the specifics about what you experienced there, um, tell us where, where did this take place and how did that feel? <laughs> that yeah, it took place um, in the Capitol, and it was amazing because I I've never been inside the Capitol, and mm-hmm. I can say since um, you know nine eleven, fewer uh-huh. and fewer people are able to access the Capitol, though it mm-hmm. does still happen for tours. Mm-hmm. Um, so not only was I able to go, um, we were in there. I guess you can consider it after hours, mm-hmm. so there weren't many people there. So mm-hmm. took some great pictures inside. Yeah. It was. It was fascinating. Um, there you was were even VIP. A, yeah, right. I felt so important. There was even an escalator I never even knew existed. Um, that was for when there's, I guess, there needs to be some voting happening. Okay. The congressmen and senators can take that escalator so they can get there more quickly. Wow. And, yeah, it was. It was pretty pretty cool. So, Janine, how many people were in? You had to be invited to come to this, correct? Yes. So, how, do you know how many people were invited to to participate? You know what? I'm not sure to be honest with you. If I had to guess how many of us were there, um, I would guess probably a hundred or less. Okay. So. Yeah. So that's yeah. that's a privilege to be in, included in that. I would. Yeah, I would and I'm curious. You know how how did that happen? Because there's so you know few people um, right. that are invited. There were a number of people from across the country um, who were with um, this parent grassroots advocacy group called Decoding Dyslexia. And Mm -hmm. each state, typically, I want to, many states have a chapter. Mm -hmm. So we had people from DDVA there. There was also a number of people from their state chapter of Decoding Dyslexia. Mm -hmm. Um, So that was neat to meet people from other states who um, had similar interests. Mm -hmm. And so I think between everything that Oakwood does and the desire to help and support legislation regarding mm-hmm. dyslexia. And I think that's how we were able to that's attend. That's great. That's great. And so um, who, who was on this panel? The panel consisted of um, um, Senator Cassidy, of mm-hmm. course, mm-hmm. his wife, Dr. Cassidy, and he's from Louisiana. His wife, um, Dr. Cassidy, actually has um, a school in Louisiana that is similar to Oakwood, mm-hmm. where they do serve students with um, dyslexia mm-hmm. and language-based learning disabilities, and they do a lot of work down there. Mm-hmm. Um, there were also, it was, oh, I'm sorry, Sally Shaywitz and her husband, so the yeah. doctors Shaywitzes, mm-hmm. and then there were three or four bipartisan representatives from various states, and that's okay. one of the things that's great about this act is that it has that bipartisan support. Absolutely. So both sides of the aisle, you have 
Democrat, Republican, congressmen, senators who were all on board. Yeah. And one of the things that was very touching, I mean, there were so many, was that each of those representatives um, mentioned their personal connection mm. to dyslexia and mm -hmm. why it was important for them and why they were trying to help support move this mm -hmm. forward. I mean, who were you most excited to see on that panel? Because had you met the Shaywitz before? No, I was so excited yeah. to see Sally. She actually, I call her Sally as if we're on the first name basis. <laughs> <laughs> we're her best friends. <laughs> right. I'm just saying. She actually, Sally Shaywitz has actually been to our school before. Um, really? She's been to Oakwood and she even uh, mentions us in her latest edition, the second edition, I believe it is, of Overcoming Dyslexia. Oh, that's so, so cool. So she's very, right. So she's very much a supporter of what Oakwood does and the approaches that we use. And so, um, you know, I've, she came when I was not working here. Mm -hmm. So I always felt like I missed out. So mm -hmm. the opportunity to not only hear her speak and present her data, um, to then meet her afterwards and talk to her on a, and her husband, mm -hmm. the, the other Dr. Shaywitz, mm -hmm. it was fascinating. I mean, politicians are great, but I love Dr. Shaywitz. I thought, I yeah. thought that that would be who I would be Me excited too. to see. I actually heard both Dr. Shaywitz um, speak at a, at a conference one time. And it was fascinating. They were both up there together, and it was really, really great to, to hear them. And did you get pictures? Yes. Yeah. Good. <laughs> of course. Good. Maybe we could put some of those pictures on our – Oh, that would be our, cool. Maybe yeah, we can put a picture of you and, and Dr. Shaywitz's – I don't know how to say that plural, but – Yeah, Dr. Shaywitz? Dr. Sh Dr. Shaywitz? Dr. Sure. Shaywitz, Yes. We'll, we'll get a picture. We need to figure that out. Yeah. We'll put it in the notes. <laughs> right. I have to note, it was, um, the, the weather was awful that day. It was in July and was very humid <laughs> and there were thunderstorms. Oh. And so I was not having a good hair day, but oh, I was so excited to be work. in a picture with Dr. <laughs> it didn't matter. It, it didn't, didn't matter. matter. So, so tell us about this, uh, this panel. So it was a panel discussion, even though they call it a round table um, yeah. It was a panel because there were several people. And, and how did it go? I mean, what were you able to ask questions or just tell us about, about what sure. you experienced? Sure. So they had asked for questions to be presented ahead of time. And then if they had time, they would then answer those questions at the end. Um, so uh, Senator Cassidy started by giving some information about dyslexia, um, and it was very similar to what you had already presented. Mm -hmm. um, and one of the big discussions that starts this whole thing off is the federal definition of dyslexia. Mm -hmm. And that comes from what was called the First Step Act, and that was from 2018. Mm -hmm. And little side note about that. So the first step back, that was actually, if you don't mind me going into this for just no, a second, that actually was set to improve um, criminal justice outcomes. Oh. And so mm. like, what does that have to do with dyslexia? Um, and what it did was it, I'm going to read from this here, includes provisions for screening inmates for dyslexia and provides support needed by those who have dyslexia to earn a GED. Mm -hmm. um, and so within that act, um, it provided the federal definition of dyslexia. So when you fast forward to the 21st Century Act that we're talking about, it's referencing that federal definition okay. that was That's that was first moved That is very. Yeah. Um, so one of the big pieces of conversation um, that she noted was within that definition, it says an unexpected difficulty in reading for an individual who has the intelligence 
to be a much better reader. Mm-hmm. And that unexpected difficulty was a key point because um, as a dyslexic, she says, you can be very bright yet read slowly. Mm-hmm. You don't have to score below a certain level of reading. Mm-hmm. And I think that's important because in certain schools and certain areas, they mm-hmm. feel like if that discrepancy isn't large enough, they're not going to, to note that as dyslexia. Yes, right. yes. And her key point was it's about how you approach reading, the manner in which you read, and how long it takes you. Mm-hmm. Um, so some of the data that I found very fascinating was she points out the failure of schools to identify dyslexia in students. And in her research, she said that the schools reported a prevalence of, I'm sorry, an incidence of dyslexia between zero and three to four percent. So this is talking Mm. about schools across the country. Mm. And that's how many students they're saying have dyslexia, zero to three to four percent. Yet the Mm. studies show that there's between 17 to 21 percent, the one in five. That's where we hear Mm -hmm. about the one in five. So to her point, you can't be counted if you're not identified. So under the 21st uh, Century Dyslexia Act, screening identification is hugely important. Yes. Mm -hmm. Very good. Very interesting. Those are the little background things that that we don't hear about, you know. Mm -hmm. That's that's really interesting. This is the good background for it because a lot of schools that we've been going into, now they're requiring screening and, and yeah. starting in mm-hmm. pre-k kindergarten yep. um, even if it's just you know uh, object naming and mm-hmm. so just things like that yeah. it, it's be- which is a good thing it's mm-hmm. becoming more prevalent or you're mm-hmm. hearing more about it but it's good to know that's the background of it yes yeah. and under this 21st century dyslexia that's going to be a requirement uh, um, to that note speaking of what you've been seeing at different states Um, When I was doing a little bit of reading and research on this topic, I came across a resource that I can share with you where you can look to see what um, various states require of the schools Mm -hmm. that relate specifically to dyslexia. Mm. So it's very interesting. Um, I I can pull that up. I don't know if you want to edit this part out. I can pull that up if you want to get to that later. Yeah, we we can put that also in the show notes, the link for everybody to Yeah, we can put that access. in. And I would like that yeah. link, actually. Yeah. That would yeah. help us with knowing, you know, um, what states have certain – because every state is different mm-hmm. with mm-hmm. their approval processes, and mm-hmm. they're becoming a little bit more consistent, which is – which is good. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, that would be extremely helpful to see. Yeah, there's um, also just to note one of the organizations, which you might be familiar with already, the National Center of Improving Literacy, I believe is what it's called. If you go to their um, website, you can go to um, a link. Sorry, this is going to take a second. I want to get the right information. Okay, so there's a website called the National Center on Improving Literacy, and you can select state of dyslexia, Mm -hmm. and then you can find your state, Mm -hmm. and you can see what the legislation is in your state, whether it's passed, whether it's currently, you know, a bill that's being voted on. Mm -hmm. That's very um, helpful. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so so uh, so if we think back, I almost called you Denise again. I did it again. I don't know why. <laughs> Janine, um, 
What was your most, she's drinking her coffee. What was the most memorable takeaway from, from that uh, round table? So I have, um, I have a couple. Yeah. And one of the ones, um, was this metaphor that Dr. Shaywitz made for, um, dyslexia versus, um, learning disability. Mm -hmm. And so she was saying that if you think of dyslexia akin to the diagnosis of strep throat, Mm -hmm. it's highly specific, you have evidence-based treatments and they're validated you can address it. Mm -hmm. And you think of learning disabilities, on the other hand, that's a general term. Mm -hmm. And so it's comparable to like an infectious disease. Mm -hmm. If you want to treat strep throat, you have to identify the strep throat, and then you have to give it the correct treatment that's Mm -hmm. evidence-based. That's great. That's a great analogy. And hence the dyslexia. If you're just calling it a learning disability and you're not labeling it for what it is, Mm -hmm. you're not going to treat it properly. Perfect. Mm -hmm. That's perfect. So one of the other takeaways, there was about four or five key components to this act. And one of the ones I think is most noteworthy is that she was saying that the intervention should include the creation of specialized schools Mm. serving students with dyslexia. There you go. So that really, that really got me thinking, what would that look like? I mean, and personally, I see what it looks like because here in Oakwood, we are a specialized school and it's the effectiveness of this type of programming hands down is, you know, you can't, you can't compete. Exactly. Right. right. So what would that, you know, the question in my mind is what would that look like when we're talking about um, having that um, at a much larger scale, as far as offering it across the whole country. Mm -hmm. But she says, this is um, what it would include. This is where the rubber hits the road, so to speak. Mm -hmm. You're going to have small classes, evidence-based methods, teachers, deeply knowledgeable and structured literacy, evidence-based approaches, Focusing on the whole child, consistency and instruction across all classes. I think that's huge. Mm -hmm. I think that's something that's missing. Mm -hmm. When you have a specialized school, you have these teachers who are so knowledgeable that they can incorporate those same approaches throughout the school day, not during just a 30 or 45 minute lesson. Yes. Right. You can apply it all across. And then in all subject areas, you know, across the board. Exactly. Yes. Right. And then the last piece is that dyslexic students, and I love this, can learn about their strengths and that they know that they're not alone. They're they're with others who are in the same yes. boat, and they don't have to think of dyslexia as something to be ashamed of. Yes, yes, yes. Do you do you see? I feel like there's a, you know, there used to be much more of a stigma uh, about yeah. it, you know, and I feel that that is starting to improve. You know, it's getting it's getting better, but it's still there, isn't it? I mean, there's still yeah. a stigma about it. Uh, maybe even an embarrassment, you know, about, of course, not being able to read or, um, yeah. So, but, so if that goes away, or if we can improve that, right, we can, we can just let those kids learn, you know, without having that, that, that baggage that they feel, you know, right. so right. where they don't feel like there's something wrong with them. Exactly. <laughs> there's nothing wrong with you. Exactly. You know, you're not something that needs to be cured. Exactly. And we love to talk about all the creative, intelligent, innovative entrepreneurs and amazing people who have dyslexia. And we talk about it all the time. But, you know, I I would imagine I don't have dyslexia, but I would imagine you hear those things and you say, yeah, yeah, but that's not me. You know, I mean, you know, you can say lots of wonderful people have dyslexia, but it's still not going to take away 
ne- necessarily take away, you know, how you feel about not being able to read, you know, mm-hmm. um, and, and, and ev- your everyday experience in school, you know, yeah. must be... Well- and, and to that point, if we're able to do this, then you wouldn't be having those experiences. That's right. Every day exactly. And so that would that that would be taken off the table. You'd be having positive experiences exactly. where you are learning. Yes, mm-hmm. that would be very exciting, amazing. Um, yeah. So, anything else? Any other takeaways? Um, those are pretty much the the major takeaways that I had. I mean, it, it has. There's so much to. Um, this act even more than that, but I would love to see this act get some traction again yeah. um, in Congress and get it back on the bill, have a bill get back out there. So this this brings me to my next question. Why would anybody oppose this bill? That's a good question. I wonder if people don't want to have dyslexia um, in its own category. Um, I wonder why that would be. Yeah, why would that be? What would be the downside? Right. Um, I, I'm not sure if I were to play devil's advocate, would that cause, um, would that be a funding issue for school? Well, I was going to say, because yeah. especially with that conversation about specialized schools or mm-hmm. things like that, it, okay. it could be, but schools would be required to train teachers. They'd be required to, um, you know, uh, have special resources and maybe it all Maybe it comes down to money, unfortunately. You know, right. that seems to be always what it comes down to. But, but if we're willing to fund other things. Yes. I, yeah, I, I can't like... imagine anybody would oppose it. But, you know, that there, you know, you know that that happens for yeah. sure. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, that's that's I'm so I'm so excited that you got to sit in the room and, and actually hear people talking about this and um Right. And, it, and it probably really hit home because they were talking about their personal experiences with it. And you have personal experience with it, you know, at home and, and then where you work. I mean. Right. Right. So so if this bill gets passed, let's just be positive. When this bill gets passed, um, right. how is this going to look in schools? How is it going to change our schools, our classrooms, actually? Right. I think this is something that's going to take time mm-hmm. because – Professional development, of course, is going to be required. It's mm-hmm. going to require a lot of um, change in mindset. Maybe not a lot. I I don't know. I think mm-hmm. it just depends on each school district and the teachers and what their mindset is already. But um, the classrooms, I think the important thing that uh, Sally Shaywitz mentions is the size of the classes, that mm-hmm. that is pretty important mm-hmm. um, so that you can really um, – individualize the needs mm-hmm. i mean you you can have 10 dyslexic children and all 10 need need something to be presented in a slightly different way mm-hmm. and so if you have a class of 30 you might not be doing the justice that needs to be done exactly. so maybe you're identifying you know if you have a class of 30 and you have six identified as as dyslexic well then you need to take the next step and do something that's focusing specifically to their needs for them exactly because when we we talk about small group settings you know and and students who have been diagnosed with dyslexia we do groups of four Mm -hmm. you know so Mm -hmm. when you think about that Mm -hmm. that's and that's why it's so important to train teachers yes to get them this resource and um and train them because if the expectation is to be able to differentiate and mm-hmm. do all of these things, training teachers is so important. Yeah, and I think that's that's what you'll see in schools. You're going to see 
teachers that feel prepared mm-hmm. to even know what to do and how to help a person with dyslexia because they're going to have training mm-hmm. and you're going to see resources in the schools that are specific for those kids I would imagine mm-hmm. you know um, and so so I, th- I think it'll it'll just change the whole it, it's going to change a school it will change mm-hmm. a school it, and it's not like it's just going to affect a few people it's going to right. affect a lot of people, you know, mm-hmm. and and who knows the the snowball effect of that, you know, when kids feel good about themselves, when they feel confident at school, they're going to be happier at school. Maybe that'll affect the school. You know, it, it could just snowball, you know, really mm-hmm. into some really wonderful things. Um, and I'm wondering, too, so when when this bill gets passed, mm-hmm. um, what is like the the date or what, you know, when is this Mm. happening or supposed to? Right. That's a good question. Um, Right now, Virginia has, um, it's called the Virginia Literacy Act that was passed in 2022, and it's supposed to go into effect for the school year of 24-25. And it's, it's amazing progress in the field of teaching students using evidence-based reading um, approaches. And the thing is with that, you're not just going to expect to open the doors in school year 24, 25, and all of the teachers are going to be trained using, Mm -hmm. you know, structured literacy and so forth. So there needs to be a plan. And I I saw one of the school district's plans for trying to get that implemented. Mm -hmm. Um, Because when you do this, you want to do it to fidelity. And so, you know, what is that going to look like? How long is that going to take? And so there needs to be that put into this. You need to be able to build in time to train the teachers, um, provide all of those resources, Mm -hmm. and really look at the structure. So it's not something that can happen overnight. It takes Mm -hmm. time. And and Oakwood, where uh, Janine works, Oakwood School in Virginia, um, has trained or, I mean, I, I think you've trained all of your teachers. In, all of them. All of them, yes. And we have had the privilege to, to go and do that. And so, and I can I can attest to that, how wonderful they are. I mean, we, they are, they are doing, you are doing it with fidelity. You absolutely are. And that's a, that's a real priority for you. And, yeah. and we might as well just say right now that Oakwood is going to be hosting an open training. So anybody in the area um, mm-hmm. can, um, can contact us and, and we will, um, we will connect you to that training. Um, and Do we have the date for that training. Mm-hmm. The week of July 24th. Yep. Okay. Mm-hmm. July 24th to the 28th. Correct. Um, right. and so it'll be right there on your brand new campus. I'm excited oh, to see yeah. that campus. Tell yes. us about your new campus. So when I went um, to Oakwood school, um, and visited. It was a tiny little school, um, very sweet, little quaint little school, and very homey and, and just very, very sweet. But they were in the process of, um, of, of a, with a big plan, right? A big plan of, right. of uh, upgrading the school. And, and I can't wait to see it because from what I hear, it's pretty amazing. Did it, yeah. did it like triple in size? It doubled in size. <laughs> doubled in size. Doubled in size. Now, that being said, we still have the small class sizes. We're not going Perfect. to be increasing that. So yes. every class still two full-time mm-hmm. um, credentialed teachers. Mm-hmm. Everybody's trained in OG. But anyhow, and the class sizes are between 8 to 13. Mm-hmm. Most, mm-hmm. at most, is 13. And it's K through 8? Right. And K right now eight. we have students in 2nd through 8. 
but we are licensed K through eight. Gotcha. Okay. Um, and as you can imagine, we don't have that many students, uh, parents who are applying, whose students are at that kindergarten level because mm -hmm. the lack of identification. Mm -hmm. So, yes. you know, I think that's going to be so important is getting that identification piece exactly. out to the community. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and let me tell you a little about a little bit about these classrooms, Lester, because yeah. our classrooms, as you know, when you were here, mm -hmm. they were just your typical old classroom. The building yeah. was pretty old, right? Uh -huh. Yeah. So, um, the we took into consideration the flooring. So we have specialized flooring. We have specialized ceiling tiles, mm -hmm. and between those two things. It has um, it absorbs a significant amount of sound, mm -hmm. which is fascinating if you can think about our kiddos who mm -hmm. are auditorily distracted mm -hmm. or have auditory integration issues. Mm -hmm. We took all of that into consideration, the colors of the paint. Mm -hmm. This is something I never even knew existed before. Bio, BIOS lighting, so BIOS sky blue LED technology. Oh. It infuses natural blue sky spectrum with LED lighting to bring the circadian benefits of the sun to an indoor environment. That's awesome. That's awesome. Isn't that crazy? Did you, so what you are guys... the, like, what are the effects of that? I'm wondering if I should put some in my home. <laughs> <laughs> so it says circadian rhythm is um, the human, I do have a cheat sheet for this. Circadian <laughs> rhythm is the human body clock that operates critical functions such as sleep, cognition, performance, alertness, and metabolism. So it helps the kids function at their most alert ability at the most alert levels for during the day. Were you guys exper uh, experimenting with that when I was there? Because I feel like I remember there was a classroom that maybe had that. That's um, right. I forgot. Yeah, it was I, one of our first so. um, classrooms that had been renovated. Yeah, that that's that's amazing. Wow. I wonder, wouldn't it be fun? So do, do you notice a difference in the kids? I mean, to is it too early? Not, to? It's Well, to be honest with you, I'm not in the classroom enough anymore yeah. with the new position that I'm in to really say that, that yeah. I notice. I wish I could say, you yeah. know. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure I'm sure it makes a difference. Um, just just. Yeah. Even just the noise cancellation for some kids, that alone would be huge, mm -hmm. you know. Um, but that's so exciting, all based on yeah. science, you know, like what. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So, from this, if there were, I mean, you gave us great advice about contacting mm -hmm. um, our representatives. Are there are any takeaways that someone listening, other than contacting their representative, that you would want them to know? I would love for them to learn about screening as early mm -hmm. as possible, mm -hmm. um, because that's so important. No matter how and where and when these bills and acts get into effect, I think it's important that we screen our kiddos, because as soon as we screen and we see those deficits, then something can be done. Mm -hmm. And so if you're not screening, you're not looking for it, then mm -hmm. that time, that very important window of opportunity for intervention it goes away. Is there an optimum um, age for screening? Yeah, as they actually, the research I read said that you can identify as early as four, which wow. blew me away. Yeah. Um, but they're saying kindergarten is the best time to do it. All right. Mm -hmm. And it used to be that, that you know, there was a mis misnomer almost like, you know, oh, it's too early to screen because they're so young and and it, they may sh they may be showing deficits not because they have a disability but because they 
are young, you know, and, and no they experience can't read yet. And yeah, they think the screening is all based on reading, right? When the screening, when they're that young, is different. Is actually, of course, they can't read. Yet. Yes, exactly. <laughs> you know, yeah. So it's like object naming. Yeah. So like that's that. good. That's really good to to know that you know, they're even going as as low as four, but kindergarten as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, that's great advice. Screening in schools. Absolutely. I think there might be some people who have, who are afraid of the screening because they might think it leads to a diagnosis and just Mm -hmm. the labeling. And really a screening is just identifying if there's a weakness, identifying Mm -hmm. if there's an area that can be targeted. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I tell parents, you know, don't be afraid for that to be identified Uh, because the sooner you identify it, the sooner something can be done. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Yes, for sure. Well, that's all such really great, great advice and and love to hear what that you I'm so glad you got to go and meet Thank meet you. Sally Shaywitz and <laughs> get a picture with her and and, and we will post we will those. post it so send the best one your hair yeah. and all yeah your hair oh and all maybe I could do some editing on the hair I don't know but yeah I'll send it <laughs> <laughs> well we are we do have one last question for you because yes. it is national reading month mm-hmm. and uh we're going to talk about a contest that we have in a minute, uh, but we're asking about any books that you're reading lately that you would recommend. It doesn't have to be, you know, a book by Sally Shaywitz. It, <laughs> it can be a total beach read. It, yes, it could be a beach read. It could be a, a, a something that you're reading that you are loving from from work, whatever. We're putting I'm you on the spot. We did put you on the yeah. spot. So I am. Um, I'm going to cheat a little bit and pull up my OverDrive account where my books are because I'm really <laughs> bad at remembering the titles of books. I that just same. means that you read a lot. That's that you right. have a list of That's books right. that you're yeah. like. Oh. When we were talking about this before, I, I this happens to me all the time. Um, what's your favorite book? Oh, X. You know, whatever it is. You know, yada yada yada. This is my favorite book. What's it about? And I go. Um, I can't remember what it's about, but it was my favorite book. I really liked it. <laughs> I just remember how I felt when I just I was remembered reading. that I really, really loved it after I finished reading it, but I can't tell you what it's about. It happens to me all the time. <laughs> What's wrong with me? The a book that I loved that I read a few months ago. I cannot remember the name of it right now. I'm trying to look. And it was actually a very popular book. Um I'm sorry, trying to find well, it. Well, you don't have to be sorry. We put you on the spot. What kind of books do you typically like? Like memoirs, murder mysteries? Yeah. I love um, suspense and thriller, uh, but not 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 horror. I uh-huh. like the suspense. I like um, crime. Mm-hmm. Um, and a friend of mine just recently recommended this um, this series that's actually a fantasy Um mm-hmm. I don't want to say sci-fi, but there's mm-hmm. fairies and things mm-hmm. like that. And I typically do not mm-hmm. read that genre, and mm-hmm. I absolutely loved it with the magic and the fairies. Oh, and cool. Listening to this, um, the main character really develop. This particular author did such a fantastic job developing this character over several. There's four in the series, I believe. I just finished the fourth All one. All right. All right. Um, yeah. So, Is that the one that you're looking up? Uh or is that a different one? Because well, what's the name so of the-, the one that I was just referring to? That the author is Sarah J. Mass. It's M A A S. But mm-hmm. the um, 
Oh, for goodness sakes, what is that? This is terrible. <laughs> they made it into a movie recently. Oh. And it's where the crawdad thing. Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that's, that's one of it. um. Isn't that one of Reese Witherspoon's? Yes, I read that book. I read that book. She has that a was good, good book list. Uh huh. I, yep. I tend to follow that book list. Yeah, they yeah. And they just made. Yeah, you're right. They they just made a movie on. It's on Netflix, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So very good, excellent. Um, yeah. So so we've talked before about our favorite books many yeah. many times. We don't need to keep talking about it. No, because I won't remember what they're about <laughs> anyway. I know. I'm just a big fan of memoirs. But anybody that lived a crazy life. Yeah. I yeah. I just and then they're writing about it or yes. yes. I love those. Yes. Yes. Um so my memoir would probably be pretty boring. Yeah. That's why I got to read, you know, other people. You should yeah. live through other people. Yeah. Vicariously um, through other people. Um but speaking about books. Mhm. Do you want to talk about our contest? I do. Please do. Okay. We're going to have a contest, Janine, and you and your teachers can get involved too. Yes. Awesome. Um, the contest, um, it's going to be a Facebook post that we have. And all you have to do is submit what you're reading this month and you'll be entered into the contest. And the winner will have the choice of um, which of their local library they want to um, us to donate to. So we are going to make a donation to the winner's uh, local library. All you have to do is enter in a book that you really like that you've been reading lately. Mm -hmm. Um, And it'll be on the Facebook post, and you're just going to put your answer right there in the comments. Do you want to say what the the amount of this donation? Uh, Only if I get a drum roll. Uh, The donation will be $500. Oh, wow. That's great. That's, That's a, great. yeah. So that could do a lot of great. That could do a lot of good for, for yeah. the library. Libraries are suffering right now, I think, a little bit too. So um, we want to help them. And it is National Reading Month. So it is. You know, it's it's the perfect thing to do. Excellent. Um, That's so, great. So you have to submit this. Um, you have to enter by March 13th. So, um, so get all your teachers and everybody go ahead and, and submit and. And comment on the, our Facebook post, and we'll get you entered, and then we'll do kind of like a raffle thing, right? We'll just do a raffle. And we'll put your name in a hat. Put your name in a hat, pull it out. There you go. There you go. Excellent. Well, Janine, it was so nice seeing you again, and thank you so much for joining us. Uh, we oh, appreciate it's my your pleasure. time. Thank you. Thank yes. you. Yes. And I, I am really, guess what? Hmm. That training that's going on in July. Oh, are you doing it? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> So I'm so going to be out there. I know. I'm happy for you, though. I know. I'm super excited to come back. Um, so I'll be doing that training, and I'm I'm excited about it. See you get to go to D.C.? Right? Yeah. That's so fun. I know. It's, right. it's great. When you were out here, wasn't there someone that you knew? It was like a small world where someone you knew from home or something was yeah. also out here? Yeah. A group of my friends, when I was doing – when I was last in um, – at Oakwood – a group of my friends were in D.C. having a little a little weekend, so I took an Uber, and and the after training, I took an Uber to downtown and met. We met them. I met them for dinner, and we hung around in downtown. Oh, 
Oh, that's so fun. Washington, D.C. It was a fun place. Very fun. And then I took an Uber home. It's so easy. It's so easy. <laughs> yeah, it was wonderful. So, oh, that's yes. Awesome. But, but so I look forward to seeing you guys again. And thank you so much for joining us, Janine. Absolutely. We look forward to having you come out. When I told everybody here that you were coming out for the training, there's so many people who are probably already going to, they're already trained, but they want to come out and come say hi to you. Oh, good. Uh-huh. Good. I want to yes. see everybody again. Good. Yes. Everybody thank loves Esther. So <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's true thank, thank you so much for having me on this on this podcast thank you for oh, being with you. us we'll see you soon all right thank you bye-bye so for everybody else just remember about the contest and to like subscribe follow all of our social media mm-hmm. check out the show notes there's going to be lots of good information in these show notes yeah so check pictures those out. links resources yeah. all kinds of stuff perfect so, Excellent. all right, great. All right, nice well, seeing you. It was nice seeing you. Long time no see. No, I see you every day. I know. <laughs> I never get sick of your face. I know. I know. I know oh. you don't get sick of I know, face. I know. I was like, <laughs> it was not reciprocated. All right. Uh, okay. All right, I'll see, see you, you later. soon. Okay. Bye. Bye.